Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to Market View on Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero with uh, JP Ong in the studio with Howdy me. Doody. Hello. This is going to feel so strange <laughs> after two months of not seeing your, you know. Face. That's her way of saying she wants to get rid of me already, guys. <laughs> it so. took one day, JP. <laughs> it, took one, it takes one day to destroy Rome, I guess. <laughs> Although, I have to say, I think most of our listeners are smiling right now because the Straits Times Index... Uh, was really looking quite pretty at one point at twenty eight twenty eight. Is it still sitting in that region? I mean, it still it it still has a shot at winning a beauty pageant today. <laughs> I mean, seven straight days in the green, and it looks like that's going to be the case for the local benchmark. Going from strength to strength, this is a very impressive flex on the part of local blue chips and local stocks overall. The STI is now trading about thirty two points in the green. They're up by more than one percent and just enough today to breach two thousand eight hundred. Mm. So. Over the last uh, 10 days, we've seen them actually breach some of these key resistance levels. 2829 is also an impressive level uh, spot where the STI is at. There's over a billion Singapore dollars in total trades changing hands in the morning session alone. And give or take the 10 minutes we've had in the afternoon session. 237 stocks, REITs and trusts in the green. 187 that are in uh, the red. Pick And uh, it, more solid footing, I guess, for markets here when you compare it to the rest of the region. It's looking a little bit more mixed. There's a couple of losses here and there. The Nikkei 225 in Japan for one has fallen by about half a percent so they've snapped their own winning streak out there. The Korean Kospi out in Seoul also trading about 12 points in the red. There's some worrisome news that according to KCNA which is the official news agency of of North Korea that they are moving to cut communications and hotlines with South Korea because Mm -hmm. they've accused um, South Korea of uh, sending leaflets or letting letting defectors send leaflets into the north questioning their government and they've said basically that they are moving towards treating South Korea as an enemy. These are are, uh, based on Updates from Yonhap News Agency out in Seoul. So the cost be just a little bit shuddery in today's session. Everyone else pretty much gaining some ground. The New Zealand uh, NZX 50, that is in New Zealand, though, also slipped, falling back after they wiped out year-to-day losses. Um, They are coming off of the lifting of of all domestic social restrictions, but maybe some profit-taking down in Wellington today. Um, The ASX 200 today, though, is coming back off online after Monday's uh, holiday, and they have jumped up by 2.5%. Talk about traders in Sydney making for up for lost time. The ASX 200 sitting at 6,150 points so far. Mainland Chinese markets also up by about half a percent each. That's for Shanghai and Shenzhen both. The Taiwan-weighted stock exchange a bit sheepish today in Taipei, up by just three points. And you got the Hang Seng also trading about 1.4% in the green, 25,127 points. So the Hang Seng also breaching um, uh, a... a, a resistance level of their own. They're above the 25,000 level in today's session. And there's still a lot of optimism, I think, carrying over for markets that are increasingly and and more and choosing to look forward to a possible economic recovery despite the short-term pain that everybody feels has been priced into the markets. But there is some questioning among some strategists to w- wondering if uh, they've taken this rally a bit too far. Nevertheless, I think sentiment is still favoring the bulls in today's session. And uh, and the STI, as we mentioned, also coming bouncing back from uh, those uh from uh, from from our from our lowest point in uh, in in March where we felt the bear market territory we're already at about um, 
429. So as we speak, they're squeezing a little bit more juice out of this rally. And slowly but surely, we're seeing them build on those gains this morning. Okay, well, big news for um, people who are interested in the sector, which broke yesterday in the afternoon. Simcorp Industries Marine proposed a 1.5 billion rights issue backed by parents to Marseille. That's still in the news today. That is in the news, and the reason it's in the news is because both these companies, Semcorp Industries and their child, if I may call them that, <laughs> Semcorp Marine, no, not trying to be, uh, uh, not trying to uh, d- 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 disparage Semcorp Marine, but that is the relationship. You've got the parent and the subsidiary, right? Um, they've uh, resumed trading today, and diverging fortunes. You're seeing Semcorp Industries as the second most heavily traded offer today, and get this, Clarissa, their shares have surged by 40 22.5%. So that stock price is now up by about 65 cents, trading at $2.18 a piece. Mm-hmm. And easily, not just one of the best performers on the STI, but across the broader mainboard catalyst, even when you juxtapose it against some of the big moves in, in, the, in among the second and third liners. And again, and as we said, diverging fortunes here, Semcorp Marine has fallen by 24%, 64.5 a piece. So let's recap exactly what this plan is. Semcorp Marine has planned is planning to recapitalize through a cash call worth about 2.1 billion Singapore dollars. So they're also doing a rights offer that's going to be a five to one renounceable rights offer, and they're going to get some backing from both Semcorp Industries and also from Temasek, which is and uh, and and to support this particular rights offer. But it's interesting how Semcorp Industries is going to do this. What they're going to do is they're going to come in with one and a half billion dollars to support this cash call. But in return, they are going to also what the way they're going to participate is is is, uh, is through wiping out an outstanding loan they have that Semcorp Marine owes them. Mm-hmm. So basically, it's like you're it's like uh, you're basically uh, uh, t- you're basically telling your your your, your child. Hey, I'm going to send you some money, but uh, you're going to get some cash. But it's really in the form of me wiping out your any outstanding debts that you owe me as it's a parent. It's a left pocket, right pocket sort <clears throat> kind of thing, thing right? Yeah. So, uh, so, but this is what what uh, what this basically does. Also, is that you're seeing a lot of these new rights uh, shares coming onto the market, which is why you're seeing Semcorp Marine uh, falling in today's session. They're saying there's going to be a flood of shares of Semcorp Marine coming to the market, and thus because of that, you're seeing Semcorp Marine's uh, stock price adjust to the downside. But this is what it's going to do also. What it's going to do is allow Semcorp Marine and Semcorp Industries to actually decouple or demerge. So they're going to be separate, completely separate entities. What's going to happen is Semcorp Industries, their shareholders, will receive a number of Semcorp Marine shares that were previously held by Semcorp Industries. Mm-hmm. And that way, it's, it's almost like a clean break. What this does then, uh, there, there are a couple of advantages that, the, that analysts have actually uh, pointed out. On one hand, that wipes out $1.5 billion in loans or debt from Semcorp Marine. And mm-hmm. we know that the, the oil and gas sector, the big question now, and we've seen it for, from oil traders, people who play in the upstream, it's how do I manage my debt? How do I, manage, how do I make sure that I can pay my debts moving forward? And how do I make sure I don't default on these debts? Well, here, when you, if you remove $1.5 billion Singapore dollars in debt from, from the liability section of your balance sheet, well, that sort of frees up your leverage. That does free up your gearing ratios and also enables you to meet your debt covenants moving forward. And this also allows both companies to start focusing on their core, uh, on their core competencies and businesses. The other thing, too, is that Temasek is going to own a stake in both Semcorp Industries 
and SEMCORP Marine. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Well, we know that k a m a s e k is also in the running now to try to take a majority stake in Keppel Corporation, and there have been rumors and murmurs on the street. I was going to say, does this bring up a possible <coughs> new merger? Well, yeah, well, I mean, look, nobody's really said it out loud, right. but uh, it has been on the lips of folks for the last couple of months, and traders on the floors where they're saying, um, you know, maybe Keppel is going to try to make a play to merge uh, SEMCORP Marine with Keppel's um, oil and gas arm. But the question always was, how are you going to do this? Because you're going to have to decouple SEMCORP Marine from SEMCORP Industries, find a way to take a a, a significant stake in SEMCORP Marine, and then propose to both SEMCORP Marine and Keppel Corporation, which, by the way, you also have to take control of, to sort of merge. Mm -hmm. Well, it seems that they found a path, or a a route at least, towards that. And it starts also with SEMCORP Marine and SEMCORP Industries decoupling. Now, a lot of... uh, Uh, some analysts from RHB and CGS, CIMB have all said, uh, have actually said that this is going to actually benefit both companies and allow them to focus more on their, on their specific uh, core competencies, as we mentioned. And uh, maybe th- there just does come a time when maybe the child has to leave the home. <laughs> maybe right. there comes a time when... when uh, Go find new roommates. Well, we have to find new roommates and, you've got to, and, and it's better that you live apart rather than together. Um, but so far, there is, uh, the, uh, the, the view is that this is going to be interesting and will create a lot of potential upside for both companies. But SEMCORP Marine will probably see some... The share price will see some short-term downside because you're going to see a flood of new rights, of, of new shares and new issues into the markets that's going to dilute... Um, current shareholders at the moment. But overall, this will still be a long-term gain for SEMCORP Marine despite this dip. And you're seeing these big moves from both companies after the trading halts were lifted. It is interesting and it's definitely a developing story. I mean, right now we are still dealing in rumors with that uh, Mm. potential merger. Talk and speculation. Yeah. Okay. We'll upgrade it to speculation. Mm. Yes. Right. (laughs) Talk and speculation. But it's going to be interesting to see if it happens yeah. and, and what that means right. and for I think, the individuals. Yes, yeah, so what we know at least, and let's establish what we know and we don't know, we know that SEMCORP Marine and SEMCORP Industries are proposing to demerge. But, mm-hmm. uh, so that at least we know is on the table and for, up for discussion. Uh, and we also know that t e m a s e k still has that plan or that offer to try and take a majority stake in Keppel Corporation. Whether or not these two stories will converge down the road is something we'll, that still hasn't been confirmed. Nobody's really made a link about it. And there, it's, it's still subject to um, just talk on the floors at the moment. But again, is there a path where both stories will merge later on and we'll see that happen? I mean... Everything is in their own possibility, but again, nothing is confirmed. All right, let's talk about another child mm-hmm. now, Keppel <laughs> Fells. Myself? Oh, Keppel <laughs> Fells. All right. We already talked about you. <laughs> you did? Okay. <laughs> anyway, Keppel Fells at the moment is also, and this is still in the oil and gas, uh, gas space, apparently Keppel Corporation or Keppel Fells, their offshore rig construction arm, is facing a possible termi- deal termination from London-based Oslo-listed Awilco Drilling. They are purporting they want to terminate a current deal they have to construct offshore rigs that's going to be done by Keppel Fels because they say that there are breaches in the contract. So on June 8, which is yesterday, Keppel Fels rally received a notice of termination from Awilco Rig 1 for the Nordic Winter Rig. And they are alleging that there were certain breaches relating to the project management, the schedule, and the resourcing and compliance of these. So the notice of termination also comes a day before um, Awilco Drilling or Rig or Awilco Rig 1 was due to pay their next installment, which was worth about 30 1.9 million US dollars for the construction of this rig. And before mm-hmm. that, they've said, hey, you know what? You've actually been in breach of a number of our 
agreements, and we are just choosing to just call the whole thing off. Now, Capital Corporation says uh, says that this is uh, that they are denying the allegations by Owilco Drilling that they that they were in breach of some of the contracts, and this is basically going if if it is scrapped, it's going to see Capital lose out on a 425 million U.S. dollar uh, contract. And uh, and they are. It seems that Keppel Fels is prepared to cha- challenge this at the moment, and they're considering their legal options and uh, evaluating the potential financial impact of this on their on their books. So Keppel Corporation, Keppel O and M, Keppel Fels, these are big companies, but still 425 million U.S. dollars in lost revenue from this deal. I mean, that's no small change, even for a company that size. So, uh, you know, it, 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 not surprising to see that they're going to go to the courts and try to fight this out and try to come to an agreement uh, with, or, or maybe even come to an agreement <clears throat> with uh, Owilco Drilling to try and and resume the construction of the Nordic Spring. But uh, we'll have to wait for more details as to actually what these breaches were that Owilco is claiming. Right. Well, another story that uh, you're definitely going to keep your eyes on. He's playing with the lights, by the way. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> Welcome it's back positioned to the in a stu- very odd, odd, odd place. I Welcome back there. to the studio, <laughs> You've discovered lights. Yes, let there be light. Uh, let there be light. <laughs> That's Clarissa's way of saying she's God, by the way. But anyway, go on. <laughs> uh, no... You know, one of the one of the industries, one of the sectors around the world that has everybody's attention for two reasons. One, because we can't travel. And <laughs> <laughs> so we might as well be. I, I tried to hold back a tear there. Go on. By, bystanders. Uh, on the other hand, it, it, the impact on the industry, on the aviation industry. So, you know, we've been talking about Singapore Airlines. I just read today that Delta is going to be cutting flights indefinitely to quite a few routes. Uh, and today, um, a bailout for Cathay Pacific. Yes, it is a first, actually, for Hong Kong. This is the first time they said that the Hong Kong government is going to directly infuse capital and uh, do a direct bailout of a private of a, of a company in the private sector. Um, Cathay Pacific... Uh, and uh, they're, they're, then there's two significant shareholders, Air China and Swire Pacific. Uh, both had, all three of them uh, decided to uh, uh, go and undergo a trading halt pending this announcement. Well, the announcement, according to the South China Morning Post, is that the Hong Kong government is preparing to bail out Cathay Pacific with a 30 billion Hong Kong dollar loan which is part of a broader 40 billion Hong Kong dollar restructuring package. And this is going to go into the coffers of Cathay Pacific to help them try and survive the COVID-19 pandemic. We talk about these airlines that have been severely impacted by the pandemic and uh, you know the fortunes of both Singapore Airlines and Cathay Pacific. Very similar. We saw Cathay Pacific's entire near entire fleet also grounded over the last couple of uh, couple of months, they've talked about possible restructuring, possible job losses. And now they're going to see a restructuring exercise uh, by the Hong Kong government that will see them get 40 billion Hong Kong dollars, about 5.2 billion U.S. dollars. But this will also see the Hong Kong do- uh, Hong Kong government take a stake, a direct stake mm-hmm. in Cathay Pacific also. And uh, they will also issue new shares as part of this plan, which will see the authorities take up uh, two observer boardroom seats in a shakeup that will see them take more of a direct role, actually, and a direct hand, at least, in Cathay Pacific. Whether these observer roles will turn into a more direct management or direct involvement in Cathay Pacific remains to be seen. But so, but as of now, the title is that they're going to be observer boardroom seats for the Hong Kong government, which is emerging as a bit of a white knight for uh, Cathay Pacific. This, of course, all sources that have, to- that have spoken to the South China Morning Post today. Cathay Pacific currently is still on that trading halt, as are Swire and, um, and Air China. And just to remind 
remind our, or just to uh, it, just to inform our listeners of what the stakes are here. You've got Swire Group, which holds a near 40, which holds a 45% stake in Cathay Pacific at the moment, and Air China has a near 30% position on Hong Kong's flagship carrier, which is why all three of them have been on these trading halts. We don't have information yet as to when the trading halts will be lifted, mm-hmm. but this is yet an it's a it's the latest in in a number. Of airlines that have sought government aid and actually sought a bit of uh, and have received government aid also, but it also and uh, it's 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 similar. It's mirroring what we've seen with Air France KLM out in in front in 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 the in the Europe and also Lufthansa in Germany. They've received significant. Uh, um, they've all secured significant aid at least for their respective airlines. Cathay Pacific, the latest one, and we hope that this uh, hopefully this will be enough to see them weather the storm and come out of it um, and survive it. Well, the only thing I can say to the airline industry is hang in there, guys. Eventually, we'll all be traveling again. I think there is demand, I think, out there. I think there is pent-up demand. It's funny because DBS's Paulo, who we spoke to uh, about a few months ago, said that, you know, the airline demand for air travel will be there. It will snap back. But a lot of things need to be answered. Uh, especially this problem we call COVID-19. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. All right. This has been Market View on Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero, joined in the studio by JP Ong. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.